0: What is up, everybody? Welcome to The Stack. I'm Alex. I'm Justin. I'm Pete. And on The Stack, we talk about a bunch of books that have come out this week and also... Once again, we are going to be talking about one of your requests. We have been asking people to leave a rating and a comment on iTunes and their request an OGN, an old trade, that maybe we reviewed before, maybe we missed at some point over the history of the show. Whatever it is, this week we are going to be talking about the Daredevil Ultimate Collection Volume 1 at the end of the show um, that was requested here, and if you would like to request something, again, just drop it in the comments in the ratings section over at iTunes. But let's get into the new books first. Kicking it off with Batman, Superman, Batman. World's Finest, number one, from DC Comics, written by Mark Wade, art by Dan Mora. This was teased a little while ago, but as you can imagine from the title, it is the two biggies mixing it up with a bunch of villains from their various <laughs> rogues galleries. <laughs> the biggies! That's what the I The biggies! That's what I call them. Yeah. Exactly. The biggies. Yeah. I mean, Notorious
2: B.I.G.'s.
0: You know what you're getting into here with this title. You also know what you're getting into with Mark Wade, who's just a classic commensurate comic book writer. And you got Dan Mora, who is the artist off of one of our favorite books, Once in Future, here. Yeah. So yeah. I, I was already pre-sold on this book, but how do you think it actually pan, panned out?
2: Also, th- speaking of pre-sold, uh, there's also a real fun uh, variant cover with Seinfeld uh, that I was... Uh, when you're p- page- I'll and tell you what, that... What's the opposite of pre sold? Unsold me when
0: I got yeah. to that. Oh, really?
2: Oh. I was oh, like, nice. I remember that Superman commercial he did. That was fun. That's a fun sure, little sure, shout out. What a nice gift for that very rich man. Oh, jeez. Yeah, and you know, he's always talking Somebody about. Somebody woke up and just started drinking Haterade. <laughs> <laughs> that's wow. usually All yeah. right. it wasn't
0: Seinfeld. He drinks the blood of young children <laughs> oh
3: to keep himself God.
2: fresh. <laughs> All right. <laughs> They oh, say wow. that Somebody's comics
3: aren't, aren't connected to the young people, but putting Jerry Seinfeld on the cover is finally bringing back, bringing in the young kids. Young kids love it. Justin, what did you um, think of this book? I mean, the, the Danmore oh, art is I great. got this, kicked
2: to the curve on my, all right, that's cool. That's fair. You went way far. I wasted far my far time. No I guess yeah, I'm, you
1: yielded
0: I your tried I tried <laughs> Call this, call this uh, a little bit of a shrinkage of your section. Oh, P-L-O-L-A. wow. Okay. Wow,
3: nice. Wow. That's good. Um, you yada, yada, like... yada, yada right past Pete, unfortunately. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, this, this book is good. And Mark Wade. you know, he's not doing as much comic book work these days on the writing side. So he is putting it all out there. He's there's juggling so many different things. There's some flashbacks uh, that are connecting you know, two different time periods. A ton of villains that are great to see mixed up uh and like Pete said the Dan Mora art um, is really, or he's about to say the Dan Mora art's a real kick in the pants, probably. What? Um, <laughs> There's no grandmas, though, so I feel like uh, let's to get the Pete rebuttal. Uh,
0: I mean, yeah. not to interrupt, but oh, potentially they're coming because Superman gets injected with red kryptonite in this issue that makes him cycle through various powers, so it possibly might turn into a grandma at some point. Anyway, take it away. That's Pete. right. Yeah. Fingers I, crossed. All, Fingers all crossed. this delaying of Pete's commentary is making me thirsty
2: oh wow anyways <laughs> I just think that this is this is clearly super fun the art's unbelievable it's nice to see these characters drawn in this kind of style and way it really feels like an epic uh, uh, you know just kind of event and it, uh, it delivers you this, you get what you pay for you you know what you're like you're hoping like oh this is going to be cool and uh, really fun and it is
3: this comic truly is sponge worthy <laughs>
2: Carnage number one from Marvel,
0: written by Ram V, David Michelini, and Ty Templeton. Art by Francesco Mana, Ron Lim, and Ty Templeton. This is following a new take on Carnage. The guy's gone through a bunch of different uh, interpretations over the year. But here, the Carnage symbiote is now on its own, kind of as the personality of Cletus Kasady, but no body. There is a new serial killer who wants to use the Carnage symbiote to be the new host. And meanwhile, there is a detective who is tracking them down, that I'm going to go out on a limb and uh, say is going to end up with a carnage symbiote somehow, but oh, regardless, wow. I'm in in just going to throw that. You call him my shot there. Yeah. Uh, but I'll tell you what, not a big carnage fan like this issue. How did you guys feel?
2: Yeah, I think the art's really creepy in a great way. Uh, I, I, agree. Uh, I love the tone, the, the, the kind of the, the speed of this issue. It's a, uh, it's a great, uh, carnage issue. I think it is a cut above a little bit. And, uh, yeah i i really love uh the kind of uh the action and the paneling here it's gross in all the right ways and intense um yeah and even the creepy butterfly scenes a lot of fun so uh yeah uh i think this is a a solid ish
3: this was way scarier than i thought it was gonna be it was like horrifying in a bunch of different ways um just from the the body horror and then it was really well done um I from a Carnage story, I feel like you never really know exactly what you're going to get, and this one was um, scary in the right ways for me.
0: I also want to give a shout out to the backup stories. The one by David Michelini and Ron Lim is a little yeah. more classic Carnage that I thought was fun, but the yeah. Ty Hamilton cartoons at the end yeah. are great, and maybe my yeah. favorite part of the issue. He's doing like old school comic strips with Venom and Carnage, and delightful.
2: Really no commits you. to the Snoopy. Yeah. <laughs> what? I said, no soup for you. I- I finally got a Seinfeld reference in
0: Oh yeah, right on time, right on time uh, (laughs) Speaking of falling asleep Briefly during the podcast, (laughs) why don't we talk About Slumber, number one, from Image Comics Written by Tyler Burton-Smith Art by Vanessa Cardinale Excuse me This is a book about a bunch of Dream hunters that take care of problems In people's dreams, of course There's something bigger and deeper and more horrifying Going on, but I thought This was a lot of fun, I didn't know anything About this book going in, but I really enjoyed and this is a world that i am excited to explore more as we go on pete you raised your hand you have a question
2: uh no i just want are the movies you watch when you're asleep does that no yeah you know i'm familiar i just wanted to jump in i love this (laughs) this was really bananas good i thought this like the art really kind of met this Uh, like dream world tone in such a great way I was really impressed with this book as far as the number one goes like this like really gets you excited for more and such an exciting right I was just really uh, blown away by this book the the writing is so intense in such a cool way and the art uh, I love this Uh, even though I'm scared I'm still having a great time This I agree. I like this a lot too. What a bad job,
3: though! It's a hard job to have to go into someone's dreams and kill their nightmares. Where it's just like, hey, that's rough work. Stop eating pizza before bed, and that'll kill your nightmare. (laughs) That's what I would say. But these people have to go in Uh, and fight the monsters. Have eat a banana. Have you tried uh,
2: stop eating pizza before you go to sleep? It's really hard to do. No, I know. Believe me,
3: what I do when I go to bed is I just lay a piece of pizza in my mouth and close my eyes. <laughs> Smart. And I'm like,
0: see you tomorrow.
2: Smart. When you wake up with the crust. Uh, yeah. Not
0: to break up this discussion, but I do want to give a particular shout out to the scene where she goes in to kill the <laughs> Goblin King in the uh, mm-hmm. comic, which is clearly David Bowie in Labyrinth, and she ends up having sex with him. Yes. Very fun character. Fun. Uh, just, just a good time. Definitely recommend
3: checking out.
2: Uh, Alex. Ale- <laughs> Z- Alex, how do you handle the pizza situation though? Like, how do you? I- like-
3: Honestly, I thought I thought Alex, I thought you were gonna be like, not to break up here, but I just want to say, shout out to pepperoni. Which
0: is my favorite pizza topic. <laughs> <laughs> uh, my favorite pizza topic is pepperoni and black olives. I never get to have it because oh, my family so likes gross. black
2: olives. Yeah, I'll tell you what, Alex, I love olives. a black olive. No, on, we can no, we can share a pie pizza. any day.
0: No uh, way, man. Where do you,
3: you like them? On the tips of your fingers that you slowly eat one by one?
0: <laughs> oh my <laughs> fingers, you mean. You eat my fingers one by one. Yeah. <laughs> oh, uh, oh uh, I'm dreaming right now. Wonder Woman number 785 from DC Comics, written by Becky Cloon and Michael W. Conrad, and Jordi Belair, art by Rosie Camp and Paulina Ganeshaw. The backup story continues, uh, I think this time, done in one story of a young Wonder Woman, but the front story is picking up on the trial of Amazon storyline. That's right. I will say I was a little iffy about the kickoff of trial Amazons, but I think this was a lot stronger. What about you guys?
2: Yeah. As common as I like to do, I like to break them up, you know, like the first half wasn't as great, but the second part really just like Took it home. So, uh, yeah, I'm very excited for how this is moving forward. Uh, we're getting kind of a little forward movement. We get another, uh, kind of like, uh, Shadow guy, who I still think is Doctor Psycho, messing with Wonder Woman, um, and the backup issue uh, was really cool. Uh, kind of reminded me of a She-Ra style of art. Loved it. Mm.
3: Um, yeah, I'm still a little. It, it does still feel like um that this isn't the 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 universe, the Wonder Woman universe, isn't quite ready for this crossover yet. I feel like uh, we I don't know enough about all of the other characters to be like, oh, I see this is a really even-handed story. It feels like we know where it's going. They're going to fight. But I wish they were, uh, you know, the um, the old Iron Fist uh, story from, sure, I think, sure. that Matt Fraction did, where all the different... And that felt like it had a little bit like they were in a different place. There was no one dri- driving it. They were just in this tournament. And it feels like that's what we're heading for. Um, but it's hard to tell. It feels like the characters aren't behaving at the uh, in a way where I'm like, oh, I see you. this this decision makes sense to me.
2: I think you're a little confused because it's a trial. They're not going to fight. It's a trial. You know what I mean? Yeah, so, it's like
3: Law & Order where they're like... Exactly. You know, yep. uh, yeah, Sam Roderson rips off his shirt. And he's
0: like, I'm coming for you, man. I'm coming for you. Prepare Great for Sam the sun of water. water. Wow,
2: yeah. Just What episodes on. of Law &
0: Order are you watching? Uh, yeah. <laughs> the, uh, the ones in the WWE... The Silver Coin, number 10, from Image Comics by Michael Walsh. This is another continuity issue fleshing out the world of this evil silver coin. Here we find out more about the ghost that inhabits it and the demonic spirit behind its power. Some things go very terribly for a bunch of young kids in a house altogether. Now, Pete, I know you've been a little 50-50 about the series. Do you like the continuity issues more
2: than the done-in-one ones? Uh no, these are just as scary as the other ones, so no thanks. Uh yeah, I mean it's impressive how well this is kind of weaving and you know, the storytelling and the ones and duns. Like it's really impressive. Um and artistically it's kicking ass, but man, this is just so scary and creepy that um it makes it tough. It makes it
3: tough. Do you feel like this comic is making you scared of regular coins? Yeah. Mm-hmm. When mm-hmm. someone's for like, sure. here's your change, sir, you're like,
2: no, 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 never mind. No, no. I always just look to see if there's a little eye bulging out. And then if it's not, you know, but they're Watch. always kind of like, sir, why are you looking at your coins like that? And I'm like, "Checking for the eye.
3: What about GW's eye? You think he, he's looking at you?
2: Well, it you opens. just got to uh, If you've you've <laughs> read the issues, if the bulge is happening, you're in trouble.
0: One time, Abraham Lincoln yep.
2: winked at me on a coin. <laughs>
3: yeah, really? <laughs> You're lucky, Penny. Oh, wow, yeah, man. I thought this, this was, was flexing, great. Flexing it just huh? to yes. one
2: time Abe Lincoln winked at me. All right, all right, big time. Yeah, That the... is quite a flex. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I thought this was
0: really good, though. I really enjoy the mythology issues. What about you, Justin?
3: Um, well, I was going to say, I I do think these the mythology issues are cool, I prefer the mm. the one and the done in once. Wow. Um, so like, and like, I, I definitely appreciate fleshing out the universe of the coin and getting to more of the backstory. But I just love the anthology series where th- this series is doing really scary stuff um, across the board. So keep it coming.
0: Eternals, The Heretic, number one from Marvel, written by Kieran Gillen, art by Ryan Bottenham and Edgar Salazar. This is an issue focusing on Thanos is now in charge of the Eternals. He meets who is initially presented as his grand uncle, a guy who was rejected and imprisoned by the Eternals hundreds of thousands of years ago. As usual, I thought this was a great issue of this. The art's great. I know these yeah. are sort of killing time a little bit to let the main series catch up, most likely, but it really just, this is a good Thanos story. And I don't know the last time that I read a really good, solid Thanos story like this.
3: Well, and it's crazy that the Eternals story is so rooted in in Thanos. Like, uh, we, he's the main villain of the main story, and now we're getting him sort of as this you know, following his rise, he's learning from his granduncle how to be a worse dude. Yeah, uh, which is that's what uncles are for, really. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's what the uncle I hope to be. Um, but it is a great story. It's great art, and don't I am be interested. That uncle. Don't no, be that don't uncle. talk about yeah. from my uh, <laughs> life, my eternal prison. I thought you were like, going to hey. go. We
2: don't talk about Bruno there. I was like, man, you. No, oh, somebody I watched don't, in Canto. <laughs> start my house thing.
3: in my house we don't talk about we don't talk about bruno
0: okay all right
2: it's
3: right. a little overplayed
0: yeah yeah i hear it second best song mm-hmm. in the musical i'd say pete wow. did you offer up anything Mysterious. about this book or uh,
2: yes i would love to i i really liked uh this continues to be such a strong book. The art's unbelievable. This is very cool storytelling. And just like the way it starts, like only family can kind of like uh, talk to you that way. And the only way Thanos would probably put up with it. So it's nice to see somebody kind of being like half, you're putting in half the work, only family could. could I thought that was really hilarious, you know, like, um, but really cool story fun kind of reveal at the end. Yeah, this continues to be absolutely fantastic. And, uh, you know, I don't want to, you know, shit on it by saying it might be like a stalling issue or whatever. I think this is just absolutely fantastic comics right now. You just, you know, you can't even say something's nice. You got to kind of put a little something on the end I'm just saying it's bad and I hate it. That's all. (laughs) (laughs) What kind of uncle are you, Pete? I'm a a positive influence on, uh, you know, my niece and nephew's lives. You know what I mean? How many nieces and nephews do you have? I have two nephews, one niece.
0: Oh, okay. Do you the middle one though is sort of like a stalling kid though, right? No. How <laughs> dare you?
2: how dare you? Which
0: of the kids is sort of the Thanos?
2: <laughs> <laughs> so far the youngest is the Thanos. Oh boy. Wow. Yeah.
0: The Clay People, Colossus Number One from Image Comics, written by Matt Hawkins, art by Christian Dabari. This is a modern retelling of the classic Golem story, mixing in some uh, heavy metal songs. Yo, who yeah. are we rooting
3: for in this book? This
0: book, I was uh-huh. like, yo, that was intense. Yes. Uh, this is, I guess, an adaptation of a song by a band. As mentioned, it mixes in a little bit of Jewish mythology very lightly, deals with uh, the idea of a biracial kid growing up in small-town America. So it's tackling a lot for a one-shot. How successful do you think it was? I mean, I liked
3: a lot of the ideas here, and I actually liked the song lyrics and the song being the this undertone to the whole story. But when all the killings started, I was like, Whoa! Oh, I don't know. I was sort of on board with the, all the the golem kid, and I was like, "You killed everybody." Uh, felt spoiler, a dude. Spoiler. Yeah, well, bro. come on. I mean, it's not a specific spoiler. It doesn't kill the golem. Doesn't kill everybody, but uh, truly, it was. Uh, I was a little bit taken aback.
2: Well, you know, as uh, someone who is not Jewish, I just wanted to say, like the the story was really. Uh, like, like kind of, you know, fresh or not something that I was kind of like, oh, here we go or whatever. And I felt like, uh, the hardcore music kind of like giving you this warning of like, shit's about to go bad. I, and, uh, you know, there's nothing like a good head squishing. I mean, you know, the, it's a, it's such a, uh, you know, like relaxer and kind of a nice kind of like uh a, yeah. a, re- a relief of stress. So, yeah, I thought this was really badass and intense in all the right ways. Some really cool art and interesting kind of take on something we've maybe seen before but not quite like this. Speaking as the Jewish member
0: of the podcast, I'll just clarify: we all have golems. So, oh, <laughs> yeah.
3: but you know, uh, believe me, that's
2: why like, is that what those Alex... Funko Pops are behind you? Mm-hmm. They're all <laughs> yeah. Those. We you call them Funko Pops, of... <laughs> but
3: they're <laughs> you have a bunch of tiny golems that just bobble their heads a little bit. Yeah. Yeah.
0: that's nice. That was White Walker from Game of Thrones. <laughs> The it's, 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 there's a lot going on in this book. I, like yeah. you said, Justin, I think some of the stuff is successful. Some doesn't work as much, but it's an interesting as a one shot. And I always appreciate a good short story. Moving on to Robins, number five from DC Comics, written by Tim Seeley, art by Baldemar Rivas. In this issue, our Robins have been trapped in a VR wonderland by the evil forgotten Robin, and they have to work their way out. And uh, as usual, this title, I think, is just, like, super clever, super smart, digging into the history of the Robins,
2: loving every issue more and more. Man, I wish we could talk to this Tim Seeley guy. He seems like a great writer. And, uh, yeah, this is just... Pete,
0: I just want to mention, I don't know if you know this, but a couple of weeks back on
2: a live show, we talked to Tim Seeley about this book. Wow. Wow. Wow,
3: no. that's crazy. I'm so glad that yes. that happened. Um, After we do the live show, I just completely erase it. <laughs> yeah, I just I'm, delete I, It's it. live art. It's live jazz. Ooh, you know? Wow.
2: Do, do, deep. Boop, oh, do, don't boop. start. It's I just think that uh, this is a lot of fun. Really great art that kind of matches the tone of this. Ton of action. Love the kind of anime style they're having fun with. And really cool last page. I thought this was great.
3: I love seeing uh, the lives of the Robins if they hadn't uh, become Robins. That was such a cool thing to insert in the book without slowing down from the other storyline. Um, Tim Seeley, just from talking to him, like we did, he's a guy that puts—he's a writer that puts it all out there all the time. Like he could have waited and made this like its own arc or, or something, and instead he just is like, "This is going to fit right in here, and it's going to roll." Um, so I, I love it.
0: I love it. Why don't we move on, talk about Rain Number 3 from Image Comics, written by David M. Boer, art by Zoe Thorogood, and in another bit of Kismet, we had David and Chris Ryle, who's the editor of the book, on the live show just a couple of weeks ago, so check that out. In this issue, our characters are continuing to travel through a world where rain hard as nails has been falling. They encounter some uh, roadblocks, literally, in this issue. Mm. Oh, uh -oh. yes. But... How are you guys feeling about this three issues in? I love
3: this series. Um, and this – the thing that, that popped out the most to me in this issue is just the dialogue is so – it feels like just like a great uh, play script uh, or something. Like it's just so so good. The characters are so interesting. The art really fits the world. And the, the monster of this book, this rain that keeps coming – a uh, deadly rain is so. Uh, it's it's a great just metaphor, and I really it makes me think. What I, what would I do? Where would I hide mm-hmm. with the the nail rain? Where would you guys go? Would you go? What do you think? Cave or would you just have like a jacky jacked umbrella?
0: Oh, I just let the rain fall. That's it for me. Wow, you just walk outside. Just go out there? Of, I'd be like, arms rip and- me. I'd tweet wow. that first. I'd be like, rip me, and then I'd step outside
2: and I'd get <laughs> I'd get nailed, baby. Wow, just you know, kiss your family goodbye and just walk outside, huh?
0: Yeah, they can fend for themselves. Wow, one,
2: one less mouth
0: to feed. As we find out of this issue, wow. things are getting pretty bad because they're like, wait, if there's no rain, aren't all the plants and animals going to die? So, you know, they don't they don't have very long anyway, I guess uh it, <laughs> dark take
2: yeah this Alex. is this is a very cool book this is uh, very interesting it's kind of a, a fresh idea and uh yeah i love the umbrella kid he's adorable in all the right ways i am i'm, I'm in, super into this this is uh this is cool the art the kind of like the tones in the background to kind of set a, a mood i i appreciate what's happening here this is artistic and uh, really cool
0: Justin, did you? Say also, I would yeah. to answer I went, I went first you said oh, I was okay. all, right, uh, all right. But to answer and Justin's I
2: said, question, I would go with I have the umbrella because I got to be mobile, you know, agile. Right, fair enough, yeah. fair enough. Why don't we talk about
0: Reckoning War, Trial of the Watcher, number one from Marvel, written by Dan Slott, art by Javier Rodriguez. This is a one shot that completely took me by surprise. I didn't know what to expect from the title. If you don't want spoilers, definitely turn away. But basically, the Watcher has gone to the rest of the Watchers to say, The Reckoning is back. They're using our weapons. We need to stand up. Stop watching. Get involved. And the Watcher's dad is like, you know what? Actually, we're going to strap you into a clockwork orange machine and make you watch the one what-if scenario you have never watched before. And... That what if scenario is what if the Watcher had never gotten involved, going back to the classic Galactic storyline for Fantastic Four. It is such a smart, precise thing that only yeah. Dad Slot could do. Just like pulling that out of
2: continuity, and be like, "Oh right, of course you've never done that." That's. It, I thought this was fantastic. I love. I it. thought it was a, a kind of a classic dad move. You know what I mean? Like. Uh, you know what, your punishment is you're gonna sit down. I'm gonna strap you to this chair and make you watch this goddamn scenario. And I we like, definitely <laughs> have to loop back to what's going on in your family life. But, Justin, what did you think? <laughs> um, I mean, I agree with you. This felt
3: like a, a, a classic dad
2: move. Yes, thank you. <laughs>
3: That this felt like a "what if" that Dan Slott has been thinking about for a long time, and to include it here, I thought was really cool. I will say the the way it worked out is: what if the Watcher hadn't interceded, and it comes down to everything worked out pretty well, except the Fantastic Four had weirder faces. (laughs) Well, but I think that was the whole. That's the (laughs) (laughs) takeaway.
0: No, I kind of love that. I love like. I love the idea that if he hadn't interceded, if he had just watched, if he had done his job, things actually would have gone pretty well, you know? So having this flip, like we talked about this a lot with the What If cartoon series, but having this flip here where usually you have the What If is a worst case scenario, and that's what he's always observed. Here, seeing the one good What If happen and it's all his fault is, I think, like a perfect
2: like little twist of the knife there. I, I liked it a lot. Yeah, personally. that's what I'm saying. It's a little bit of a dad flex on the kid, and uh, I don't, don't appreciate what you're it. Talking about but also, it's a weird you lesson, You don't appreciate right? it. Yeah, it's a weird lesson. It's like, you know, sometimes the best thing to do is just sit around and watch a lot of TV. It's like, what are you saying, Dad? I don't I mean, understand.
3: Well, but think about it. This dad is like, hey, kid, you had one job. Your name is The Watcher. All you got to do is watch. And what? No, are you but doing? sometimes. You're interceding? Sometimes Look, you're,
2: you got to get involved.
3: I didn't name you the interceder. It's like, Pete, if your name was the podcaster, which is what I call you, and you were just not podcasting, like,
0: of course, I'd be like, what the fuck? You're the podcaster. You're not going to podcast? Yeah, exactly. Let's move on then and talk about Stillwater, The Escape, number one from Image, comics written by Chip Zdarsky, Jason Liu, Andrew Wheeler, and Ethan Young, art by Ramon K. Perez. Jason Liu, Sue Lee, and Ethan Young. This is an anthology series set in the world of Stillwater, where a bunch of the town's residents are sitting around talking about folks that escaped from this town that where nobody ever ages. Obviously, there's a big twist at the end there uh, that's revealed. Uh, but this is the first time we've seen people who are not the main team writing the world of Stillwater. How do you think it panned out?
3: Uh, well, I like this. I feel like it's a story that it feels like, oh, this is just like a fun in-world thing, but it actually sort of folds back nicely by the end to be another sort of uh, like scary bit of of history here and uh, setting up a little bit more of the the direct. It feels like the main line of this story is now shifting over to getting away. It was like, let's see who if we can upset the people in charge, and now it's it's shifting a little bit.
2: Um, yeah, I mean this it I feel like it does fit in perfectly. It feels like, you know, Stillwater. And uh I was just a little disappointed in the creepy turn it took at the end and I was just like, Well fuck that. Uh but um Wow all that being said, the art and kind of stuff uh was great and it really felt like uh yeah. stillwater for sure. Ramon Perez, very good.
3: Well you don't like a twist, Pete. Well, I don't like
2: that twist. You know, I don't want to sound like a broken record, but again, the dad character coming in and ruining all the fun. Yeah, I mean, what the fuck, man? Again, we yeah, no really have would to get back analyze and, yeah. this. <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. <laughs> Wonder Woman Evolution number five from DC Comics, written by Stephanie Phillips, art by Mike Hawthorne. Conversely to the last Wonder Woman issue we talked about, this is not part of Trial of the Amazons. Though the main Amazon is definitely on trial here, being messed with by a bunch of scientists. Uh, and being put through the paces in an alternate universe scenario. What do you think about this title so far and how
2: it contrasts with what's going on in the main Wonder Woman title? Uh, well, I don't know about all that, but I would like to say that this story <laughs> this story was really awesome. I loved how action-packed it was, how it moved. I loved the art. I just really felt like this was awesome, like a great little side To everything that's going on.
3: Um, Yeah, I mean, this... It, this feels way more focused. Like I was, um, my criticism of the other Wonder Woman title was it feels a little bit Should like
2: criticize other people's. Come on, man. Th- this is what we're doing. We're, we're crit- this is what I mean, we're doing well, You Could be a little nicer about it, you know? Not being dis- mean,
3: but love all of these uh, people working on these books. Um, this is more focused, and I like that it's sort of it's taking Wonder Woman and putting uh, the character out in this whole other world. Funny that w- the character reveal we have here is similar to the one in the other Wonder Woman book. Um, Happening at the same time, but
0: uh, it's fun. What's the furthest place from here? Number five from Image Comics, written by Matthew Rosenberg. Bergie. Art by (laughs) Tyler Boss.
2: (laughs) Bossy. Not as much fun when you wait for it, but all right.
3: You like to be an interrupter, you don't want to have space for it. That's right.
2: um,
0: but in this issue, our kids are all at a weird messed up carnival. They oh, end man. up messing up themselves in a big way in this issue. But I continue to love just how this is laid out, how this story is being told, the way they are unfolding information about this weird world with only kids. Uh, how are you guys feeling?
1: Just I mean, in I general, agree. just in general, no, I you feel, like, I'm, pretty good. Good. I'm on the
3: West Coast, so it's a little early right now. unfortunately oh. podcasting uh i then I really like this book you shouldn't be drinking then uh well, Bob I'm thirsty <laughs> uh, <laughs> the um <laughs> the uh the way this book the format of this book um works so well it's like these sort of short chapters um yeah. that uh move the story forward but it it leads to this tone where it feels like not that, like life is cheap a little bit in this world and the oh. way it moves so quickly through um, like jokes and this uh, horrible death in this book and this issue like really adds to the, the world building that they're doing here. I guess what I'm saying is like, it's rare to find a comic where the format itself really informs the story it's telling. And this yeah. comic is doing that in a cool way.
2: I, I, well, yeah, I agree with some of that. I think that artistically it's really impressive. Like the moments that it has just because of the paneling. Like when we have like these two people kind of walking and then all of a sudden someone calls out of the window in the background, it's kind of hilarious instead of a, Oh shit moment because of the, I guess what you're talking about, like maybe the cheapness of it or, or whatever. But I think that it's interesting to kind of have it dictate all these things. Like crazy thing happens. End of a chapter. And you're like, wait, what? And, you know, they're really kind of telling the story. You're, you're, it's interesting the kind of like the way it's messing with us. Um, yeah, I, I just think like artistically, uh, tonally, this is a really interesting book. And it continues to kind of push in this unique way. Uh, it's worth picking up alone a just for the kind of difference it uh, puts out there than other books. It's, it's very impressive and cool. Nightwing number ninety
0: from DC Comics, written by Tom Taylor, art by Geraldo Borges. In this issue, following up on our crossover with Superman Son of kal now we have Nightwing teaming up with the Flash after there is an attack on his life at his building. Uh, what would you guys think about this one? I thought they're it was
2: uh, yeah, it was a cool team up.
0: <laughs> What's it's going nice. on here? Yeah, you, you guys don't like the friendship? Flash.
2: Is that the issue? Is that the issue? Like you don't the like flash.
0: the Flash? Yeah, Every time yeah, we talk like about the, the f- Flash, though, you're like, he runs fast. Who cares? Yeah. Well, that's me. Well,
3: it's
2: just we get it. Yeah. Yeah. A, yeah. So, P- Pete, you really got to stop it-
0: criticizing stuff so hard.
2: Yeah, you're right. Yeah. You're right, man. Thanks for pointing that out to Do you
3: me. want him to run slower? <laughs>
0: I really like this issue. I love bringing back the friendship between Wally and Dick. I thought that was a lot of fun. Um, I just... Every issue of this is really, really good. I missed Bruno Redondo's art a little bit just because it's so next level. But... Geraldo Borges's art was still very good. Next up, Homesick Pilots <laughs> number thirteen from Image Comics, written by Dan Waters, art by Casper Wingard. In this issue, we're finally getting to the root of the mythology here of what's been going on with these ghostly haunted houses. But it may be too late to save our heroes? Question mark. I don't know exactly who the heroes of this book are, but I guess uh, too late to save our haunted house. One might say. Oh,
3: okay. uh, well, and like, let me just say, like. This is a crazy sentence, but the the high I'm really caught enjoying the high drama built around humans wrapped in ghosts fighting on in a nuclear exploded base, and then on a larger sense uh, across the city where a house is getting beaten up by another big old robot ghost.
2: Yeah, it's impressive when there's this giant kind of like Godzilla fight happening in the background of all this kind of story. It's really impressive what this comic is doing. Uh, Yeah, it's really creative. It's really intense. It's spooky, but there's there's all these kind of other things wrapped up in it, just like the kind of thing is wrapped up. So it's really impressive. I'm having a great time with this book. Next um, up, when a
3: house gets up and fights, it really changes just the real estate game in general. Oh man, does it!
2: Detective Comics that. number
0: one thousand and fifty-seven from DC Comics, written by Mariko Tamaki and Matthew Rosenberg, Berkey. art by Aman K. Nahupan and Fernando Blanco in the front story. <laughs> uh really getting to it the whole bat team is coming together to take back arkham tower there's some big twists and turns here as we're starting to wrap up this storyline and speaking of wrapping up storylines we're one chapter away from finding out the ultimate fate of this little kid who's now a grown adult it seems who has been now gotten to the point where he's manipulating things in gotham in a big way what'd you think about this one
2: This is just bananas good. I mean, it's just really exciting. So much fun. Like we were kind of building to all this action um, and the way the team is kind of finally working together. it's, It's very intense and absolutely fantastic. I mean, this is a tight package. It continues to be the backup and the front story. Just what, I mean, you're getting your money's worth in this comic. This is bananas good.
3: You love bananas. Let me just throw that out there.
2: I mean, what's not to love? Uh,
3: okay. the um, I really like the way this story, I think we've talked about it a lot. It's really surprised us with how great it is. And I think the way it's coming together is such a cool device for a bat story where all the other non-Batman characters are sort of the focus in different ways. And then Batman comes on the scene and sort of like pulls all the threads together, which is what Batman's whole thing is when – he's the center of all the action to, to withhold him and then have him be the 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 linchpin the hub that brings everything together i thought was really cool and then the backup is also keeps sort of shifting focus a little yeah. bit we sort of aren't following our our kid in this story but just the the ramifications of the position that he's risen to uh, so i'm excited to see all of this come to a close
0: Next up, King Spawn, number eight from Image Comics, written by Sean Lewis, art by Javier Fernandez. In this issue, we're getting a all-out brawl between Spawn and a bunch of villains, as, again, very coincidentally, Sean Lewis was on our show a couple of weeks ago talking about what was going to be happening here in the Spawn universe. So this is all coming to play here. Um, lots of emotional stuff as well. Pete, you're our Spawn guy. How'd you feel about this one?
2: Well, this continues to be uh, a lot of fun and really kind of uh, badass. And as, uh, you know, Mr. Lewis talked about on our show, it was this. Mr. Lewis. Like, you know, he's going to pull uh, characters in from the past and kind of use them. And he was very excited about how the kind of uh, the weaving of that was going to unfold. And we're kind of getting a little bit of that here. Uh, yeah, this is this is just. uh Living up to its uh, title here, this is just crazy and badass in all the spawny ways. Spawny, there's
3: you could definitely say that this issue is quite spawny. Yeah, um, I I like the dual uh, focus here with King Spawn being mad about having to be king and trying to reject the crown, while at the same time we're watching this Kingslayer being trained up and sort of um, influenced to be like, you got to kill this Spawn guy. He's a bad king, and Spawn doesn't even want to be king. Um, so the setup there I think is really fun
0: last but not least let's get to our request from iTunes this is requested I'm gonna try this by Sid J. Wick Ned Jebe what's up Man, nice hmm. Let's see. On iTunes. This is Daredevil Ultimate Collection Volume 1 from Marvel, written by Brian Michael Bendis, art by David Mack, Joe Quesada, and Alex Malieve. So this is taking the first storyline that Brian Michael Bendis did on Daredevil with David Mack over the course of four issues. Then they took a break. I believe there was a story by Joe Quesada. And then it kicked off the epic Uh, lauded run by Alex Malieve and Brian Michael Bendis that really redefined Daredevil for a new generation. Pete would like me to give me a lot of hand symbols here. Wrap up, question. No, no, no. I'm just kind
2: of like, well, wrap it up. But the, you know, the thing (laughs) was, we were supposed to 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 focus on the Malieve Bendis Daredevil, not the stuff that we weren't supposed to read, the prior stuff we were supposed to check out. You're right. You are correct. The request was from Malieve Bendis Daredevil. Thank you. So what are you doing with all this other shit? Here's the thing.
0: The David Mack stuff rules. That's so um, good. Oh my god. I yeah, love it. Yes, I don't awesome. I don't know but that That's I, not
2: so... what the person requested that we do, right? He didn't say, Hey, go back and then check out some of your favorites. He said fucking Malieve Bendis, check it out. Yeah, but I think he do really that want... back then. No. No. Nope. Do this you want some? Dude, ends. if I'm somebody who listens to this podcast for a shout out and then you get my shit wrong, I'm going to be like, oh, thanks, asshole. Oh, yeah.
0: Yeah. Pete, you would be very upset if you got the shit wrong.
2: That never happens. I'm Pete, just, just saying you're fucking you up. So- like, come on. Do you want some? This person asked us for this specific thing. Let's do that.
3: Do you want some fudge on your half fudge Sunday, or do you want more fudge?
0: Here's what I'd like to do. I'm just going to throw this out here, okay? So I agree with you. You're correct. They requested Believe, Bendis. I do think talking about the whole thing is fine. I'd love to talk about the Mac stuff and then talk about the other stuff, because here's my experience with it. I realized I don't think I ever read this. I think any of this. Like I knew about it, because specifically what I wanted to mention about the Mac thing is I've heard people joke. Hold on. This is what I realized that I had never really read this. When,
2: How is, can you tell me I was right and then go Pete, back and be more of an I, asshole by saying, like, sure, sure, we'll talk about the belief. But, you know, this black thing.
3: Hold, 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 Pete, let me just say one thing. Before you guys continue this fight, for those of you listening, while I was talking, Pete was doing a full Kramer, like, <laughs> going like 50 different facial reactions. Uh, let me finish Seinfeld what I'm saying. I
0: got to the first thing. And I initially didn't realize it was David Mack because the Ultimate Collection has the credits on the front page. And I was like, okay, this is Alex Believe. This doesn't look any like Alex Believe. I don't know what's going on here until realized later on it was David Mack. But when I was reading the story, the first story is... It's basically told through the perspective of Ben Urich, who is investigating this thing going on with Frogman. And I remember hearing back in the day, I was like, wait a second, I vaguely remember. <gasps> what are you oh, doing? Let me finish. Just wait, just wait. You
2: fucking was literally... supposed to
0: talk about Pete, the Believe. Pete, do you want me to get to that? Or do you want to keep interrupting the trade of thought where I'm explaining what's going on here? I had heard back in the day and throughout the years about like, oh man, Bendis totally ruined Frogman. And that's when it suddenly occurred to me, oh, I've never read this. And then when I got to the Alex Believer stuff, Mm. I was like, okay, we're getting to the thing about like outing of the identity and everything. Okay, I definitely read this. And then I realized, no, I actually never read this either. I read way later in the run, probably when we started reading it for the show. But my whole point here is whether it's the Mac stuff at the beginning or I think it was like 20 issues of the Malieve Bendis stuff here as well. This was a real pleasure to revisit, particularly because we've been honestly pretty harsh on Brian Michael Bendis over the past couple of years on his DC stuff. So revisiting this heyday really reminded me what a fantastic writer he is, what an incredible job, and what a defining work he did with Alex Malieve, in particular, on, like, the history of Daredevil every time since... And that Max story at the beginning is like a nice bonus kickoff there that really reminded me very heavily when we were talking about the Joker series by James Tyne fourth, which focuses more on Commissioner Gordon than it does on Joker. So just looking at this thing as a whole, as this volume, this Ultimate Collection, it's just kind of incredible how much of a tone he set for so many things with his run on Daredevil that I, I think, like, intellectually I knew somewhere in the back of my head. But having never read any of this, I was bowled away how much of that DNA you can see in so many books today.
3: Uh, yes. I mean, I agree with you. I think what Bendis does here is really put Daredevil and Matt Murdock, who's a character that's always been like, woe is me, my life is hard, and connecting that with, like, the noir detective – And sort of making him that and all the characters around that, like Ben Yurik in the first story like you're talking about, really have that sort of very noir, uh, like hard crime saga tone to it worked so well that I think it's changed Daredevil forever. And Daredevil is just always going to have that sort of like really like hard crime element to it. And then on top of it, both Mac and Malieve, But I, obviously, I guess we should focus more on Mac here. Um, really, uh, <laughs> the art really leading that created that tonal uh, uh, show and like uh, being sort of the the first way in we get to this crime thing. Especially joking aside, especially Malieve, um, who went on to be like the the crime guy, the like boots on the ground character, like being able to like really establish those heroes. This is a huge, huge run for the character and sort of all these characters that are sort of orbit around
2: Daredevil. First off, you shouldn't kind of just say Merleev is just a crime guy. is so much more than that. I'm not that.
0: saying he's just a crime guy.
3: He, well, b- he kind of the said tone. That
2: out loud. So I'm just saying, you know, maybe watch You're just something. mad. You just had I, to Pete, I'd really
0: that. appreciate if you didn't criticize things, by which I mean Justin.
2: Okay, great. So anyways, <laughs> I'd like to talk about the Bendis-Malieve run. Uh, I think that this is just... Unbelievable art. I love the action, the focus, not so many words, just really letting the artist. I mean, there are panels where it's just four panels for the whole page. Just like amazing stuff. I mean, there's stuff that we're like, there's that one part where Daredevil's choking out the dude and you see Daredevil's face in the windshield of the car. Like unbelievable uh, art that just is Just kind of like where Bendis was like, I'm not going to word this up. I'm going to fucking let this kind of flow. It really is impressive what Bendis does and Malieve in this story. I'm so glad we got to revisit this. It was just like, even the little moments where like uh, Daredevil uh, is looking and then there's just a shot of Bullseye and then he's like, wait, what? And it was just like, uh, I mean, that was like just to kind of set the tone and stuff like so so well done um i, I yeah i just was really really uh, uh blown away by this and the whole kind of like kingpin uh uh kind of murdoch back and forth was really enjoyable uh, the the fact that Daredevil's upset that like he got his secret identity revealed before Spider-Man was a fun thing. Like, oh, man, uh, the, even the electric bit, like just the little bit of electric stuff we saw. Uh, Foggy's mom was hilarious. I, I just feel like um, this was really, really great. And uh, the person who recommended this, yeah, this is a great representation of uh, somebody who we kind of know for a certain style. Uh, uh, showing us that they can do other things and be uh, other things because of the project that are on. So really awesome.
3: Foggy's mom is my new favorite, Nelson,
2: and also the Bendis cameo as Stiltman was really funny too. The what? It was clear that that was Michael Bendis uh, playing the part of Stiltman, and that that was pretty. What, what looked what just like mean? him, Pete. Now I'm curious what you read. Because... I just kept reading. Like, it was, it was, I went. Oh, okay. I this is another all the... classic. Pete talks about something that we weren't reading. Okay. Well, so, I let, read let me, Bendis me, and Malieve. I read all the Bendis and Malieve for, like, a, a lot of issues. It was really great. It's just crazy how you put
3: a flag in Alex's heart at the beginning of this. Yeah, you're talk about
0: right four issues at the beginning of this volume we're talking about, but I read 300 <laughs> issues of comics, and I want to <laughs> randomly talk about something that I need issue 297.
2: That's right.
0: The uh, One other thing that I wanted to say about this, just apropos of what you're saying, Pete, is I think, like, this is going to get a little slabby, but, like, First of all, the amount of focus here and the pacing is so deliberate and the jokes are sparse but come in the right places. And I think a lot of this stuff has become, maybe he's just writing too much at this point, you know, but, like, they become sort of, like,
2: crutches that he relies on. And don't I would give him a compliment and then take it back by slamming him. What the fuck are you doing? Yeah, you'd never do think, that. That's I don't point.
3: think he's he's just saying, I think this is, like, a Bendis' seminal run. And now his work, it feels a little bit like, and I'm not speaking for you, Alex, but feels a little bit like an echo of
0: mm-hmm. this. His well, work and now. I think he he's such a good writer and he's so smart and he's so direct with the characters that he has a possibility of getting back there. But I do wonder if he's writing so many things and has written so many things and has leaned into the style so much that I would love to see him get back to something like this because crime is where he started, you know? Like, mm-hmm. that's what he was writing about and that's why he got raised up through Marvel, through DC, through these other things. I'd love to see him focus on just like the simplicity of this concept here, really digging into and driving into the characters. Because also, he gets news better than a lot of other things. Like, comics get news wrong. They get how newspapers work wrong. They don't sound right. They don't sound like newspapers. And he's tried to do some of that with the Daily Planet, and I don't think it's kind of sung in the same way as it does here.
3: Yeah, Well, then so many, oddly, so many comic characters are set at news organizations. It's like such a funny thing that now hits way different than it did back when all these heroes were, were created.
0: Yeah. Uh This is a great volume. Definitely pick it up. Yeah, Highly thanks recommend. for recommending this. Thanks Seriously, for recommending it. Great. Pete doesn't recommend checking out the first four issues by David Mack, who he thinks is You badass, can, but... but someone asks you to do
2: something else. You shouldn't fucking go and do other things.
0: The David Max stuff is better. Thank you so much for <laughs> oh,
2: tuning bro. into the stack. Thank you for your recommendations. If you'd like to support this podcast, different art styles, both great in different ways.
0: Also, we do a live show every Tuesday night at 7 p.m. to Crowdcast on YouTube. Come hang out. We would love to chat with you about comic books, iTunes, Android, Spotify, Stitcher, or the app of your choice to subscribe, listen, and follow the show at Comic Book Live on Twitter, ComicBookClubLive.com for this podcast and many more. Until next time, we'll see you at the Comic Book Shop.
3: It's amazing how we truly are able to podcast and heckle at the same time.